Hi, I'm David. And I'm Shay. And we are Board on the Air on CFCR, where we talk about board games and board game related topics. On tonight's, we'll be covering the usual, what we've been playing, ish, <laughs> ish. The, the news. <laughs> and for our main topic, we're going to talk about stuff that we think either should come with board games or should be something you may want to upgrade. Yeah, so... We've talked about deluxifying. We've talked about the crazy things we've bought for our games. Yes. But we wanted to give you guys some actual, like, advice for what we recommend buying. And also just, you know, are there things that we think should come with the games? Just just give them to the... Send them with the games, because we all want them. Yeah. There's certain things that a lot of people spend on games. And this isn't going to be for everyone. Nope. But in our opinion... Yeah. You know, which is... Almost gospel. <laughs> just kidding. It, it's it's just stuff that we like. Yeah. yeah. And obviously acknowledging the fact that that costs money. And if you... Like, board gaming is already kind of an expensive hobby. Yeah. And so, it's getting uh, if, more expensive. And it's getting more expensive. So, you know, acknowledging that if they were to put more things in, that it could cost more money. But in general, you just want to chat yeah. about it, you know? Exactly. Okay. Start with what we've been playing. Nothing. We did not Done. did not Show over. play a game this week. <laughs> uh, we took on a different project. We reorganized our board game collection again. My board game collection again. Again. <laughs> uh, so we had it previously alphabetical, uh, and we had it split up in two sections: one that had solo games, and one that was non-solo games. Yeah, and uh, plus and two mini sections. We had. Um, Rollin' Rights, and two-player games. Yes. And a cupboard that was full of the small games we don't play very often. And some big box games that just didn't fit on yeah, the shelves. Yeah, they don't fit on our shelves. Okay, so we looked, or I looked at it, and I wanted to get similar games together. Uh, and I did a bunch of research. A lot of people just go by size. Uh, some people go by publisher. Some people go by author, or d- designer. Uh, some people do color, and that does look very cool. I am not skilled enough to do color. I could do color. I would spend hours doing color. Yeah, I. we don't have the time to have all the games on the table while you did that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so, we went, or I decided, and you helped, to go with a hybrid model. Yeah, and I would like to say that there was some contention here. Because Dave kept talking to me about this hybrid model, and I'm like, listen, with organizing, just pick one and go with it. There's only so much hybrid you can do before it becomes nonsense. And I will say I think some of it is a little nonsense. But Yes. <laughs> so we went with designer first yeah. for or designers that we have five or more games for. Yeah, so originally when we did it, we split games up into designer, and we had so many solos um, or ones with only, like, two in them, that we decided to take the big lists, the ones we had a lot of, and do those by designer, and then do the rest with something else. Yes. Uh, so we have about three shelves by designer, or yep. three... One, two, three, four, five, six... Eighteen cubes yep. by designer, and then we have the rest are by publisher. Except... 
We kept roll and rights and two player games separate, like small box stuff. Yeah, we were gonna put the roll and rights and stuff together with their designers and with their publishers, but they're so small, they kind of look weird on the shelf. So we decided to just put them on their own little shelves like they were before. Yeah. And so this is how we did it. Uh, I like how it turned out. I don't mind it. I think I would have preferred to see all of it by publisher. Yeah. And have all of the like the big names on the sides lined up. Um, but I really appreciate the designers who use the same publisher because they look great together. Like They really do. Um, the Ryan Lockett ones, uh, Ancient World, Megaland, Now or Never, Near or Far, Sleeping Gods, those together with the Red Raven logo on them, fantastic. Yes. Love it. <laughs> yeah, and the Pegasus Spiel, they all have the same logo yeah. on the side. The, the Aaliyah ones, I think, because they're numbered, I'd love to see them lined up. I know we don't have all the numbers, but yeah. I think it would be fun. And with the Aaliyah ones, the majority of them are under Steffenfeld. The R's are mainly there. Yeah. We have Rise of Queensdale, which is one that isn't. Yeah. And that might be it. <laughs> and, and by designer and publisher, we went alphabetical. Yes, ish, uh, ish. Except for some that I went uh, chronological. Yeah, you went you went <laughs> alphabetical, except when things matched up better, or when yeah. you were like, "Hey, you know what? The shelf can fit these ones, so let's kind of put them over here." Yes, and and one of our designers was the Italians. Yeah, that one I really hated. D Dave's like, "Yeah, they're all the Italians. They go together." I'm like, "That doesn't make any sense." <laughs> There's three Italian designers that work together in groups right yeah, yeah. and it's not always the same two or the same one so they all just go together uh-huh uh in the end we got everything on the shelves uh we got our big box games all in their big box locations we got some neoprene mats up top I do like reorganizing the top of the shelves with the big box because I think it's much better now. They were, as we got big games, they just kind of stacked up. Yeah. As well as some small games that we added in and we didn't have space for on the shelves at the time. So now those are all in, which is nice. Yeah. And, and what this has shown me is at some point I need to do a cull. Yeah. And I have a hard time letting go of anything, mm -hmm. even if it has been played for four or five years. Yes. But... At some point, this will happen. I gotta give a shout out to Bruno Cathala because I didn't know I didn't know this name. I don't know this designer. I at the if you had asked me what games he designed, I couldn't tell you. We have so many of his games that he has designed, and it's such a range. Like, um, well, I think I'm looking at here: Mission Red Planet, Imaginarium. I haven't played Raptor, but he also did Yamatai, right? Yep. Um, plus a bunch of other really small box games, a lot of which I enjoy. So I just had no idea this guy existed, that we have all these games that are fantastic games, and we had a huge pile of them. Yeah. So shout out to him. You make, made great games. <laughs> so this is, this is Z Garcia from Dice Tower. He's one of his favorite designers. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, I, I know him. I knew we had games from him. I didn't think we had as many as we did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was with both Brunos, Bruno Cathal and Bruno Fiducci. Uh, yes. We have a good collection of both of them. Uh, Martin Wallace, we have a good collection. Feld, of course. Nobody was shocked by that. Is the most. And then there's the Ryan Lockett's, the uh, Phil Walker Harding. Uh, what else is in Shem there? Shem is down there. Shem we also got there. kind of Jamie Stegmeyer plus Elizabeth Hardgraves. Yeah, we, we sort of went Stegmeyer slash uh, Stonemeyer. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's looking good. It's easier 
to look at now. It looks better. It looks cleaner. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, let's get to the news. Let's get to the news. Okay, so... Uh, starting off, DLP Games is releasing a game based on Catherine the Great. They're, re she, or, uh, they're releasing it in uh, German and in English. Yeah, Capstone's doing the English version. Okay, I didn't. All I saw was DLP Games on the announcement. So, um, you are playing as advisors trying to win her favor, uh, and the thing that they kind of said stood out, or was that the like the most unique thing, is the card playing setup. Um, because when you play a card, you can either literally play it down and use it, or you use the card to activate other cards that are out. Um, that's kind of all the information they've given on it, but it sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and it's always fun to see historical games that aren't based on wars of some kind, or, well, theoretically on yep. wars. Um, the Civil War or World War II, you know? It's always fun to see that, plus female characters. Yes. I love it. Um... DLP's done, did Orleans. Yeah, uh, yeah. They have a good history of doing good games. It doesn't look super pretty, but, you know, it yeah. could be interesting. Yeah. Um, they, they publish in Europe, and they always have a partner in North America. Perfect. Uh, Sleeping Gods, getting a, maybe not an expansion, but a, a ver another version. It wasn't clear. It's, it's a second... Basically, it's Sleeping Gods 2. Yeah, so Sleeping Gods Distant Skies. Yeah. Um, this is a co cooperative game. And in this one, you're playing as cargo pilots from 1937 that end up in a portal and transported to another world. Um, and then you're basically trying to find your way home. Um, I've never played Sleeping Gods. I can see it on our shelf still wrapped in plastic. Yep. But it looks beautiful. Um, and I'm, I love cooperative story-based games. So Yeah, Ryan Lockett's stuff has always been good. Uh, I look at it. Looked at this one. Uh, the big news on this one is he's not using Kickstarter for the first time. He's using GameFound. Makes sense. Uh, a lot of people move into it. A lot of people moving to it because of Kickstarter's... <laughs> blockchain thing. Blockchain thing. Uh, I have Sleeping Gods. I have Now or Never. Both of them are still in plastic. They're both campaign games that I want to play, but are down the list of stuff that I need to get through first. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I'm not going to back this one. Uh, because there's not some huge Kickstarter bonus yeah. that I need. No, it sounds like one that I think the story sounds interesting, but it would be once we play a few more campaign games that, like, I think we should play Sleeping Gods first yeah. before we get this one. Well, and that was my thought is I have to get through, or we have to get through some campaign games, then I'll get this because I know it's going to be at retail. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Um, big news for maybe not, it's not the first board game adaption, but Exploding Kittens is becoming a Netflix show. They are releasing a comedy animated series based on Exploding Kittens in 2023. Yep. Um, that is all they've posted about it, but that was up there on the news and I'm and I think it might be the first TV show based on a board game. Cause I mean, we know they've made Battleship. Um, yeah. There, there's, there's web based board game shows yeah uh but but this is like not them playing a game this is literally yeah. like the game is the show yeah and i haven't played exploding kittens you have right yes yes <laughs> um i could see like the animation the the art looks like it would make pretty funny animation so it could be funny we'll see yeah um 
News from Queen Games. Kingdom Builder is getting their Empire Edition, which I think I saw late last week um, advertised to me, but this was in the news. This is going to have everything that's in print for Kingdom Builder, as well as 3D plastic buildings and bigger tiles so they can fit these buildings. Yeah, it's... It's their big box version. They've done this numerous times. Uh, we own Escape the Board Game and mm -hmm. the Merlin ones. Mm -hmm. uh, they have Fresco. They have a bunch of these. Uh, this one, they're deluxifying. A lot of the other ones, they didn't really add. Or they haven't deluxified. They just added a complete edition, basically. Mm -hmm. This one, uh, all the uh, bonus tiles you can get are going to be plastic resin a la Geek Up Bits. Mm -hmm. Uh, the tiles are going to be bigger. Uh, the wooden houses are now plastic or resin detailed houses. So yeah. everything's going to look different other than just color. Uh, it looks interesting. I've played this on the iPad. Uh, it's, a, it's a solid game. It's not something I'm going to buy. Yeah, I've never played it, but I'm always uh, I'm always into the whole like 3D printed tiles and stuff. And Queen yeah. Games is well known. So They are. Uh, they're recent Kickstarters have been bashed pretty bad for oh. costing and not delivering. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Well, next one. Uh, Crypt Cryptid uh, is getting a second game. It's called Cryptid Urban Legends. Two-player. Two-player game, Hidden Movement. However, it was very interesting. So I... I so <laughs> Did you read the article? I saw the article. I stopped partway through because I saw binary trees and I went, oh my god... Um, basically I saw the designer diaries yep. thinking it was a game announcement. Um, and I loved his description cause he said it's a hidden, this is the designer by the way, hidden movement game. That's not hidden and asymmetric play where you play the same thing. Where you do the same the, thing. Do the same thing. Yep. And I'm like, well, that's a way to do that's You're not selling the game super well here. Um, but it is interesting cause they, they described in the article about the difference between hidden movement games where there's active um, deduction where like that's like Furia Dracula um, where you're actively trying to do things to seek out where the person is yeah. and then passive deduction where the person who is hidden is putting out information and the idea with this one is it's both so the person who is hidden is putting out information but you're also trying to bend that information yeah. to be the best for you so it's interesting yeah I looked at this <laughs> one I I, I didn't get a feel for the game. Yeah. Uh, but Cryptid is very unique in itself. Mm -hmm. uh, we like Cryptid. Uh, some of our family members are very good at it. Mm -hmm. uh, me is very bad at it. But once you guys announce who wins, I know exactly where it is. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. you do. Um, I'm interested because I love Cryptid. And me and Jordan might enjoy this one. But... I'd have to look more into it for sure. Well, Jordan loves two-player games. Yeah. Right? And I don't play a lot of two-player games, but this could be kind of fun. I didn't love Fury of Dracula, but, you know, it's not that hidden movement games are all bad. It was just that one. Well, it was the one card. It was the one card. <laughs> it left a bad taste. We need to play it again to, now that we know that card's in there. Yeah. Right? You can adjust for it. It's yeah. just, we didn't know it was coming. Yeah, and it screwed us. It, yeah, we got crushed because of it. Um, okay, another Twilight Imperium 25th anniversary announcement. Uh, 25th Faction is being added. It is the Council Calaris. I read the description for this uh, faction, and I know nothing about Twilight Imperium, which means I had no idea what it was talking about. So if you're into Twilight Imperium, there is another faction coming. Go look it up. 
it, it, it could be fun. <laughs> it's like a print and play, I believe. Okay. I, I'm not sure if you can get multiples of these, but I saw that announcement as well. Yeah. And the biggest question I saw asked that I didn't see an answer for is, is there going to be a release of it? Right? Yeah. Um, Spirit Island, if you've missed, if you missed the Kickstarter promos that they ran, um, they are doing a Feather and Flame expansion pack, and that has four Kickstarter promos in one package. Yeah, and these are the, these are the different factions, is, yeah. is what it is, uh, and you haven't been able to get them since the Kickstarter. Uh, Jordan is super excited for this, because <laughs> he is, he played a Kickstarter edition, and played one of these factions and loved it. Mm -hmm. So he can't wait for this to come out. Perfect. I figured he'd be excited. Yeah. Uh, and finishing off with a fun one, Wingspan is getting puzzles. Uh, I, I didn't see if it was Ravensburger, but I assume it is. Uh, no, it's it's Stonemeyer. Oh, it's Stonemeyer doing puzzles. Okay, yeah. Stonemeyer is releasing uh, Wingspan puzzles to go along with their Wingspan um, golf discs. Yes, <laughs> they, they've done these fun things. Right? Honestly, they're pretty fun. Yeah. So um, uh, there's three different puzzles, 500,000, 1,500, uh, increasing difficulty as you go up. Uh, I'm waiting for the 25 to 100 piece ones so I can finish it. I don't mind the 1,000 piece ones. The issue is we just, we have four cats and no space to do a puzzle where they're not going to destroy it. Yeah. Uh, maybe the kitchen table, but that's about it. Well, my plan this summer is to finish the vault on this on the game table so we can actually set something up do yeah. it have the vault so if we do want to play a game we can play it on top of that that'd be awesome yeah yeah all right and that is my news for the day okay this is board on the air on cfcr i'm david with shay lynn and we're gonna go into our main topic and we actually left ourselves enough time to talk about it we did that's because we didn't play anything yeah. we, we <laughs> apologize couldn't... if we start to drag on because we run out of stuff we talk about oh we never do we never do uh, so, board games, we, we have pounded deluxification to death, because if I like a game, I want it to look the best it possibly can. Yeah, admittedly, it's gotten to the point where when we play a basic, um, you know, retail version of a game, I look at it, and if I like it well enough, I go, oh, what can we, uh, replace this with, right? Yeah, we're to the point where we see a game coming out that looks interesting, we start searching for deluxifications before we get it i.e gutenberg yeah yeah those look cool <laughs> <laughs> uh but what are some things yeah. that a board game should come with no matter what yeah like specifically so fun things about deluxification as we've mentioned in our shows is like it it can be fun to play with like you know like using heavier pieces than cardboard right it can increase the game experience but which of these things increases it so much that it really should just be standard my money is on um two level like boards du dual layer boards. Dual boards i think any game where you have something that has to move across where you have to keep cubes in place or anything like that in place just make them dual layer i i would have to agree and people are doing it better. Yeah. Uh, there is stuff like, uh, I think it's Praga Caput Reggae, where it comes as a flat cardboard and you just fold it over, it sticks together, there's your dual layer. Mm -hmm. you're, you're not having to pay anybody to punch it out, to yep. glue it together. And without that glue, it doesn't, you know, start to warp and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, that That is the one I was thinking of. I knew there was one that I had 
you know, punched them out and then folded it. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it it's probably a relatively, compared to other deluxe things, a yeah. relatively inexpensive option for making something just a little bit better. Yeah, I think the only times I've deluxified a game this way would be Terraforming Mars. Mm -hmm. And... One of the Azul expansions came with an overlay that did something similar. It was the plastic overlay, yeah, right? Yeah, it didn't Which, work very well. Yeah, it, and they don't look nice. So it's like, it's a, it's one of those ones that's a little harder to deluxify unless they specifically sell a dual layer board to go with it. Um, things like, I think it was Dinosaur Island, maybe Dinosaur World, that the Kickstarter came with the dual layer, but the base version didn't. Is yep. that correct? Yep. And honestly, I think that shouldn't be a Kickstarter exclusive. I think that should be a standard. Yeah, I, I can give with that. Uh, mine is a little bit more basic than that. Okay. If you put a player aid in a game, oh. it needs to have one for each player. Yes. We've talked about this before. Yes. It, that's not a deluxification. That's just a please make it. This proper. is every game when you get one player aid and you have to pass it around, especially if they're player aids that get used a lot. Yeah, and not right? in the rule book. Don't put it in the rule book. I, I hate that. We have the rule book out a lot because Jordan likes to read the rule book. Yeah, but as we what if the games. rule book is like awkward guests where it's part of the board? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, if you're going to do a player aid, do it right. Yeah. It needs to be one for each person. Absolutely. And make it big enough that everybody can read it and yes. that it has all the information on it. Um, definitely. Yeah, I yep. agree. Um, Components-wise, this is where it can get a little expensive. I do think doing something that's more like either like fancy plastic or wooden, even if they're not super detailed, right? But adding that layer in instead of just cardboard can increase the game experience so much. Like it's a lot more fun to have resource cubes than it is to have cardboard resources. Yes, uh, I agree. Uh... 3D or tactile is always better than cardboard. Yeah. And again, it doesn't have to be like, you know, everything is 3D printed. Yep. Um, I think with plastic, it's a little easier because you can just make a mold and put them into that mold. Um, but even like having games with wooden cubes over cardboard resources, I love way more, right? Yeah, like there's uh, Origins, the first builders. Mm -hmm. Everything's cardboard. They all look the same, or there's similarities between them, so they get mixed up all the time. I would much rather just use wooden cubes for that. Yeah. And the cost difference, in my opinion, is minimal. Yeah. To me going out and having to buy those after the fact, which I'm tempted to if we keep playing it as much as we are. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, another one that I would say. Okay. This isn't one that I think should come with every game, like as in it's part of the game as soon as you get it. It is one I think every game, or a lot of games should have available, though, and that is a neoprene mat. Like, hear me out. If you have a game that has a big enough board on it, or especially card-laying games where the board is made up of cards, make a mat for it. Yeah. Off the bat. Just make one off the bat, because then you people can get it if they want it, but they can get it right away. Yeah, I, I agree and I disagree. Okay. Okay? I, I'm okay with the idea of having neoprene mats but to me it's they should have a neoprene mat after they've done the expansions right oh, okay fair sort fair. of like architects mm -hmm. raiders of the north sea champions of midgard mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you you have this nice neoprene mat that brings all these sideboards in 
and it works, right? Yeah. You now have it laid out properly. Uh, I love neoprene mats for stuff like role player, uh, cartographers. Yep. Where you, it just cleans it up on the floor, like dungeon uh, or tiny epic dungeons. Yeah. Same thing. You know, it's expensive. And they can be in limited quantities. You don't... That's the thing. That's, that's why I said for this one, and I think you make a good point with the expansion. That's an excellent idea. Um, but that's the thing is that it's not something that has to come with the game, yep. right? It is just something I think should be available. Yeah. No, or, you know, a way of doing it, right? Yeah. There, there's people that will print neoprene mats. If a board game company said, you know, we're not going to do a neoprene mat for this, you know, write us at this address, we can send you the fit file, or they could be, or have a partnership with one of those companies that says, if you want this, contact these people, it's going to cost you this. Yeah. Right? I I like that idea. I don't mind that. Yeah. Okay, components. If you're using cardboard, use decent cardboard. Mm. I hate games that use the thinnest crappiest cardboard that bends or Mm -hmm. rubs off or as you're punching it out it pulls apart yeah just use a good cardboard i i don't get upset with board games that i pay for if they're like paying a little bit more for if they use good cardboard yeah and especially when it makes up a large portion of the game um Anachrony is one that I think has excellent cardboard in it. Yep. Um, obviously, we got the the deluxification stuff already, but the for stuff. The square, but even stuff. for like the the main the cards and stuff, they're excellent. Yep. Gloomhaven is one that I think does have good cardboard and needs good cardboard because the dungeons in that one, unlike um, the Jaws of the Lion, the dungeons are set up using cardboard doors and treasure chests. And so, while I think it's way out of the price range to make those all 3D, right? It does not make any sense. You need to have that cardboard be good because you're playing with it a lot. Yep. Uh, Another one for me is board game box size. Mm. Too often, you get... It's more where you get a box with nothing in it than you get a box with too much in it. Garfield Games is the too much in the box, yeah. <laughs> but they've decided they're no longer keeping with that smaller box size. Yeah. I appreciate everything they fit in those, but once it comes out and goes back in, it doesn't, it doesn't always fit. fit that well. Yeah. But, Everdell's well known for making those, like their expansions, their boxes are huge. And admittedly, they look great on the shelf together. Yeah. But even though they're narrower, you do not need that much box space. It, <laughs> it, it's a marketing thing, right? Yeah. You want to see it on the shelf. There's got to be a better option. Yeah. Uh, I don't need uh, Nova Luna, which could fit in a 4x4 cardboard box in a full 12x12 or 11x11. It's it's just, it's overkill and it frustrates me to no end. Absolutely. Um, Playing off of that, inserts. Yes. Again, doesn't have to be expensive. I don't need a folded space insert in every game. But like, game trays can't be that expensive, their style. Or anything similar to that. Just design your box so that it fits stuff nicely. Yeah. Like, don't give me a cardboard box and throw a handful of bags in there and say, you're good. It's like, could you just give me something to organize it a little bit? Because especially games that have a ton of pieces in them, it just makes setup easier. Right? And if you are going to do something along those lines, 
make it functional. Yeah. Give a map of how it yes, goes into the box. Absolutely. That's the most frustrating thing is you get this plastic insert or usable insert and it doesn't make sense or you can't figure out how you put stuff into that box. Yep. And there's no map, there's no instructions. <laughs> so you go online and everybody's like, well, I think it goes in this way or it seems <laughs> to go in this way. That That's my frustration. I will say this was the one thing with Anachrony. Their boxes for the characters, none of them were labeled and the characters, like the 3D printed ones, come out of the box. So you have to figure out by pulling all of the boxes and trying every single space, which character fits in those boxes correctly. I still don't know if I did it right, but they fit correct. They fit fine, which yeah. means we're good with it. Okay. But like, they're like, hey, this one is where they go. And it's like, you don't, there's no pictures on them. There's no clear image on which one of these fits, but they are all a little bit different. For sure. <laughs> okay, I'm David. And I'm Shay. Talk to you next week. Have a good night.